Hello everyone! Welcome to a startling new episode of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who these days is shambling around his house like a creature of the night. I give you the Brent. Actually, I sleep at night. Now I just shamble around in the day. Yeah. I'm a day walker. There's a lot of shamblers these days, isn't there? Because <laughs> <laughs> we really, you know, I, um, there, like I saw an article or a little thing on Facebook about taking off your a day pajamas to put on your night pajamas. That's just pretty much about right. That's what we do, <laughs> that's what we do to the boy. <laughs> just, we just swap the pajamas. Thank God it's been sunny so we can just sit him out in the yard and let him roam around for a while. So that, that, that does break up the monotony. How are you doing this week, Brent? I'm doing well. Uh, it has been a eventful week. I have actually learned... I've taken time to learn a bunch of neat new stuff. Finally. Um, so I, I am making the most... Well, okay, I'm not making the most. I'm making somewhat decent time of my time away from work. Very good. I've How learned nothing. So? I am worthless. I have, I've been to work, so I guess there's that. But otherwise, totally worthless. So, yeah, but you... After Wednesday, you're off again, right? Well, that's the plan. You never know. You never know. There you go. So, uh, if you were with us last week, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week, Brent, and I think you're probably excited about this one, aren't you? We'll be playing zombie games. Zombie yes. games. Games dealing with the undead. Uh, yes. Reincarnated flesh. Possessed demonoid death dealers. Uh, what's your history with zombie games, Brent? Uh, you know, in my opinion, I always felt zombie were either uh, B-movie material and they were put into games as such, or they were an excuse to allow you to kill humans without people getting ticked off in the uh, late 80, 80s, early 90s. So, so like in Carmageddon. They had that's the exactly on. right. I hated that, by the way. I like to run over a proper living creature in my in my killer car. But yeah, I think you're on to something there. It is a very convenient way. It's sort of like shooting space aliens. It's okay to be violent against them because no one cares, right? Right. Common enemy. I never really thought about it that way. Um, do you have any particular favorites in the in the genre? Uh, my all-time favorite zombie game is probably House of the Dead. Um, I just... It's a... That's a good, fun twist with wacky dialogue, but the zombies are still scary enough that you have to pay them some attention, and they come in varieties. Um, so that I would say that's probably my favorite zombie game. How about yourself? Um, I will say I have played those. I really like the uh, uh, the, the game that they had out on the uh, on the Wii. Uh, the the it was that was that whatever version that was. It was sort of a grind house version of that game um and it was a lot of fun i almost actually picked that i came in ace of picking that but i wanted to try something a little bit older uh but uh mostly i'm not a big zombie guy to be completely honest with you uh just that they're just they're the they're the uh they're the lackey or flunky of the cinematic world when it comes to like creatures i'm more of a vampire guy or like a werewolf something like that well, yeah, something a little more, little more uh, pizzazz, yeah. That's but, right. Yeah, yeah zombies are, are typically, yeah, zombies are typically a, the, the cannon fodder. What's that? Zombies are typically the cannon fodder of your of your horror games. They're geeks. They're kind of low-level geeks. Now, I will say, I did like, there are some zombie movies I like. I like Shaun of the Dead. I like Zombieland. Those are a couple of good, but I mean, really, and, oh, Night of the Living Dead, of course, the original uh, we're all good flicks, but for the most part, the zombie genre doesn't do it for me. Uh, yeah. That's just me. Uh, so, you want to set up what we're going to be go tossing to here, Brent, we for our uh, look at the zombie games before we get into the main events? Well, uh, you had asked me to do a little bit of history of zombie games, and instead of trying to bounce off of each other uh, in our current format, I went ahead and said, you know what, I'm just going to put together a package a, a video reel that we can stick out there and uh, just go over four or five zombie games, and then we can come back and hit the main events. All right, so let's have a look at this, guys. Here's uh, our little history piece on zombie games. 
So today we're going to start by looking at a game called Entombed. Uh, this was for the Atari 2600 way back in 1982 and is considered to be one of the first zombie games. Although I don't know if that is quite fair since the zombies in this game are really uh, by name only listed on the back of the box. Um, this was a maze game, which of course was very popular at the time, that uh, had zombies because you were in a tomb and you were trying to uh, recover artifacts and you got trapped in and now you're just trying to find your way out. Uh, the zombies in this game are really more closely related to ghosts uh, because they can pass through walls at some segments of the game. So it was kind of odd to call them zombies. I guess that was really their way of uh, how they kind of mindlessly wander through the corridor, not necessarily looking to attack the the main character, but, you know, sometimes they do get in their way. Uh, this game was very famous, not because of a zombie aspect, but because of a programming aspect. Uh, the, the maze is randomly generated, and the programmer who programmed it didn't know how he did it. He said it came to him while he was drunk and whacked it of his brain, and they couldn't reprogram it backwards, so they just had to leave it how it was because the guy couldn't figure out how he did it. Uh, real quick, even though Aaron's going to go into this into much greater depth, I wanted to take a quick brief look at Evil Dead for its movie tie-in. Uh, released in 1984 for the C64 and ZX Spectrum, this is a top-down game. And of course, uh, uh, the the zombies in this are of higher speed than the character, which kind of makes them hard to get away from. But we'll talk about that more in Aaron's segment. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is Zombie Zombie for the ZX Spectrum from 1984. This was an isometric style game where you would drive a helicopter around until you found a zombie. And then you would land and lead that zombie... Uh, to a high platform and you would jump and it wouldn't be able to jump over the pit and it would fall to its death. This game was also not famous for its zombie use but actually famous for its sound. Uh, it used a two-channel sound on a, one, on a single channel uh, tiny speaker and it was quite a feat. So much so that you can even use a Sinclair Interface 1 and attach this to a media-equipped synthesizer and play the music back. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't highly compatible with many synthesizers. Uh, they actually wrote it to work with a Yamaha, and it wasn't until the guy tried to test it on a different uh, MIDI player that he found out that it didn't always work the way they wanted it to. Still, very cool uh, idea for the game. It's all based off of a B-movie plot where uh, people, since the beginning of time, protected this area with relics. And then, as men grew and evolved, they kind of forgot about all the ritualistic parts. And a guy just felt drawn to come back here and tripped an invisible sensor and then all the zombies come back so now he's got to start putting them all back down classic z uh b movie plot next game i wanted to take a look at was ghosts and goblins released in the arcade and many many other systems but released for the arcade in 1985 the zombie speed in this is pretty neandering uh the zombies will go slightly faster to the character to catch up from them um Something to note in this is this is one of the first games where the zombies actually came out of the ground. You actually saw them physically pushing, you know, up through the dirt. And they walked in the classic zombies arm out poses. The threat in this game was did not come from the zombies. Even though this game is very famous for its difficulty, uh, the zombies are, are almost a boon to the player because they bring power-ups and are very easy to kill. Uh, unlike some of the other demons and, and, and ghouls and ghosts later into the game. Next game we want to talk about is Beast Buster. And this game was a 1989 arcade game on rails shooter. And what that means is you don't control where you go. You only control where you aim and shoot. And the game kind of pushes you along down a path. Uh, the zombie speed in this is kind of all over the place. Some zombies are very fast. 
as they walk across the screen or drive across the screen or ride in a boat across the screen. Uh, or they can kind of neander across and make them easier to shoot. But the zombies in this are barely zombies at all by the traditional sense. Uh, all of them are seen using tools. Uh, they use guns. Uh, all of them can drive cars, it seems. It looks like they're in their own little happy environment where they just basically uh, have taken over this city. And as the player, you try to unravel what happened to the city. And to spoil it for those who haven't played all the way through uh, uh, Beast Busters, it turns out that either the zombies were grown in a lab, that's kind of what they imply, but in the very last scene of the game, they show an alien spaceship coming down. So you're kind of left wondering, and a lot of that's answered in some of the sequels. Uh, a little tidbit about this game, Michael Jackson actually owned a Beast Buster arcade cabinet and would have it flown to different venues uh, when he was out on tour. They would load it up into a cargo plane, fly it to the destinations and set it up for him so he could play it, you know, before he went on stage or, you know, afterwards in his hotel room. Uh, odd game, but, you know, I guess we all like shooting zombies every now and again. The next game I want to talk about in this little uh, rundown of games is Sweet Home. Sweet Home is a uh, Japanese NES or Famicom exclusive from back in 1989. And this put zombies in an RPG element. Uh, not the first time this had been done, but the crew of this later went on to make Resident Evil games sort of in the same vein of Sweet Home. Uh, Sweet Home is credited as being the first survival horror game uh, due to its play style. And then they really took that and refined it for Resident Evil, which of course went on to be a huge franchise for undead zombies and making movies and everything else. Uh, this has a really interesting plot. Uh, for the those that don't know, Sweet Home is a Japanese movie as well. And the plot of the Japanese movie is uh, this group of collectors, I believe they're collectors, uh, go to a house of a re recently deceased artist, and they're hoping to find some of his paintings and, and present those to the world. And when they get there, they get trapped by the uh, man's deceased wife, who goes on and says, you know, I'm not letting you out of here, I'm going to kill you, and you have to unravel what happened in the house. And it turns out that the uh, two-year-old son of the artist died and uh, was burned alive in the incinerator, and then the mom kind of went crazy and killed people for, so that the dead child would have someone to play with, and eventually she killed herself. And, uh, it, you know, a whole big mess. I've heard the movie is very popular, and the game was totally fan translated into English so it's very playable now. Last game I want to look at today is Isle of the Dead, a 1993 first person shooter slash point and click adventure. Uh, this has the unfortunate uh, award of being one of the worst games ever created. Uh, which is kind of funny because some games will, some magazines gave it five stars and all this high praise, and then other game, uh, magazines and websites wrote it, rated it as the worst game of all time. So, of course, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Uh, the zombies in this are just uh, slightly slower than the characters, so you can run away from them. And it's, it's odd because it has a comic theme like there's a surfer zombie that says whoa dude and everything and there's a child zombie that says like uh, uh are you my daddy and that kind of stuff this game was actually released twice uh after the first release was deemed a little too violent which is kind of odd for 93 uh and the first one came with a comic book and you know it was it was a little more uh, uh it had more gore and more violent elements to it and then the second release of it, they kind of toned all that stuff down. Uh, but it didn't matter. It, it didn't fail because it was too gory. It failed because it had a, a horrible uh, mapping system and was really hard to get around. So 
Uh, probably not one you want to run out and play, but I'd never heard of it. And after I did a little research, I'm, I'm kind of glad I never played it. But it's still interesting to know that zombie games like this are out there. Overall, I hope you enjoyed our little video tour today, and we'll hit you back in the live stream. Very good. That last game looked particularly gruesome, by the way. It looked particularly bad. Because <laughs> it was particularly was, was bad. Hideous. People were eating that poor guy, that poor bum. Good yeah, stuff, the cut, Brent. The cutscenes from that game are uh, actually praised uh, for being kind of over-the-top gruesome and whatnot. Uh, but the game overall is not praised. Not praised at all. I can, I can see why. I can see why. Um, well, you know, it's funny. We uh, When you look at all those games, sure enough, we ended up picking one of the of the bunch there. So, so uh, let me see. I think just just since uh, uh, we're kicking it off, that we'll go ahead and I will go ahead and start the show on this one here. And all right. The game that I selected this week. Now, you know, uh, I'm not the biggest horror fan. Uh, you, as you know, but uh, I thought to myself, I want to play some sort of zombie game or something you know, with the dead in it on the C64. That was my pick this week because I've got my C64 up and running with the multi-cart and I thought it's time to kick the tires on this sucker. And so I went ahead and picked Evil Dead. Evil Dead. When I saw this title, I had to have it. Uh, because this is a horror flick that I really enjoyed. Uh, when I think of the Evil Dead movies, you know, I used to, uh, when I was in high school, my buddy's grandmother had went to live in assisted living. And her house stood, she had a very small house that stood on the same property that my buddy lived on. So we would go there and uh, hang out. And we would watch a slew of, B and C level films uh, in, in this house. Horror films. And if you're a, a horror movie guy, we would watch stuff like Blood Sucking Freaks, and we would watch uh, 1,000 Maniacs, and just these just horrible flicks. And that's the first place that I actually saw e Evil Dead. I'd heard about it, uh, and but I'd never seen it. And, you know, if you, back in the day when I was growing up, every convenience store had a video section. And it's not right. like today where there's a red box out front. I mean, these, they would devote some of their inventory space to have just rows of videos. You remember that, Brandy? Oh, very much remember that, and we, yes. We had a place called Dairy Mart right down the road from where we used to hang out. And we would go in there. I've been in there millions of times and would, and would rent these horrible, horrible videos. I mean, every once in a while you'd come across something good, but almost all the videos in there were garbage because garbage videos were cheap, and that's what they would yep. put out on the to rent, you know. And I would distinctly remember renting Evil Dead, and we would also rent stuff like, you know, my buddies rented this like, jeez, uh, um, what was that? What was that series of flicks, Brent, where it was supposedly showed people actually being killed? Uh, you know that stupid thing. I can't remember the name of it. But we would see those. Uh, you know, all the time, and we would go. We would get a load of caffeine and go back and watch these flicks. So we watched Evil Dead, and I can tell you without hesitation that this movie scared the hell out of me, man. I mean, it scared me good and proper. And the sequel was also extremely frightening. It was a little sillier. Faces of Death. Thank you, Rushi. That's the one I was thinking of. So when I saw that there was an Evil Dead game, man, I was really surprised because. I'd never heard of this game. Now, I, I knew some uh, Evil Dead games that came out, like, later on, down the line. Like, I had one for the Dreamcast. But this is way, way back on the C64. So, I, I was like, man, this is like a sign. It's Zombie Week. Here's an Evil Dead game on the C64. We're going in. You know? So, before we get too into the actual game, let's talk about the film itself. There's a little backdrop, Brenny. So, All right. Uh, the film... Uh, debuted in theaters October 15th of 81. I didn't realize it was that old. I'll be honest with you. And uh, directed by Sam Raimi uh, and written by Sam and starred Bruce Campbell and uh, and, and a cast of others. Uh, Bruce Campbell was, of course, the one that came out and, been, and was the big star. Hey, the music on this, Brent, was done by Joseph uh, LaDuca, who I know you know for his work on all the... He did the work on all the Xenas and Hercules, as did all these guys. One thing yep. about the Raimi crew is they pretty much made the rounds on all the stuff that Raimi did. So when Raimi did the Spider-Man movies, you'd also see 
uh, Bruce Campbell, and, and you'd see uh, Ted Ramey, his brother. When he did Zine and Hercules, the same guys would always pop up because they were all buddies, you know? Yeah. And also, they were they knew the Cohen brothers, too, and they, would, they actually uh, edited the first, which I didn't know that either. I was surprised to read that. Um, so, in the original movie, uh, five college students <clears throat> decide it's a good idea to go vacation in the deep Tennessee woods. That right there is strike one. <laughs> and then strike two is, well, if you're going to vacation in the Tennessee woods, screw it, let's go in, Let's go find the oldest, the most dilapidated, beat-down, evil-looking cabin man ever put on Earth. And they did. And then what happens is that they, they find the tape that a guy had been living in this cabin had been translating this book, this basically this evil book that, uh, sure enough, had... had raise some demonic uh, presence in the woods. And sure enough, the, as the night went on, all of the kids are starting getting possessed and killed by demons. And the only one that's got enough jack, that's a hard enough man to get through it, is Ash. Or as he's called in the first one, Ashley. They don't really call him Ash as much in the first one. And Ash has to survive the, uh, the, living in this uh, demon-filled shack uh, and also survive the woods, which are also out the game. It's a great flick. Uh, it's known for its over-the-top gore. And when I, you know, I don't like gore. I'm not a big gore guy. But when you have this kind of gore, it's ludicrous. When you would kill people, there would be geysers of blood, like more blood than 50 people would have in them would shoot up in the air. You know, it was ludicrous uh, film. You've seen this, one, I'm guessing, Brent. Yeah, obviously, I didn't see this when I came when it came out because I would have been four. Uh, but I saw it in my high school years. The funny thing about Evil Dead, and this is always, it's sort of, sort of, sort of endearing. I love movies like this. It took them a long time to film this, and so cast members would come and go. Uh, they would have to make, they, they filmed this on location in a, t, in a shack in Tennessee. I didn't know, if a lot of people don't know that. This was an on location shoot. They lived in the shack when they weren't filming there. Yeah. And all the effects were like practical effects. So lots of like pea soup was used and, and you know homemade blood and everything else. And it, towards the end of the shoot where they'd lost so many actors, you had like uh, Sam Raimi's brother and uh, a bunch of and a cast of flunkies that played every role at, cer yeah. at certain points. Yeah. So it was one of those type flicks. But the flick ended up getting a cult following. Stephen King kind of gave it a, 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 the uh, high praise it needed to get over, and it ended up doing real well. And it, believe it or not. On a, uh, it made uh, it made two point seven million dollars worldwide, which at the time for a little flunky style movie, not too bad. And then it, it really kicked off a series of films, uh, including Evil Dead Two, which is probably the definitive uh, film of the series, in my opinion. And then the very amusing and fun Army of Darkness film, which was I loved, but it wasn't anything really like the other Evil Dead movies. And then, if you uh, have been uh, watching in the past few years, it just got uh, it just finished up last season. But Ash versus the Evil Dead, the TV series, had been had been running, which I'd been enjoy. I watched the first couple seasons of it, and it was pretty good. And Ash uh, sort of is like a uh, I would say Ash is sort of a cult hero now, isn't he, Brent? When you say he sort of entered the America, uh, the he's he's entered status as a cult figure in in America, and certainly his actor has done that as well. He definitely has pop culture. Uh, stretches uh, in the game Spelunky, uh, which is a uh, it's not a zombie game at all. It's, it's an action platformer. Uh, but there are tombstones, and one of the tombstones has Ash written on it. And if you blow that tombstone up, you get a shotgun. There you go. So you know it it, it has definitely stretched across many different genres of movies and games. It is definitely gain that sort of popularity. And one thing's for sure, all Ash's one-liners has been ripped off in every video game that involved a gun. The boomstick, it come get some, the whole nine yards. Yeah, obviously Duke Nukem was just Ash Ketchum in a different, or yeah. Ash Ketchum. <laughs> Ash Ketchum, by the way, is the guy from uh, Pokemon. So yeah, yeah, I know. You've lost I your know. mind. So, with that backdrop, you've got an awesome, awesome flick. flick. So here comes Evil Dead the Game. Now this got this uh, got licensed in '84 and was published by an outfit called Palace Software. Now Palace Software actually went on to do some like decent games, man. Uh, they did the Barbarians, you know, the Barbarian One and Two. They did Ca the Cauldron series. 
but when they first started, they were they had a much different intent. And I was really surprised when I was looking into this, uh, looking into uh, Palace as to what they had in mind. So what their gimmick was, it was founded by a guy named Pete Stone in 83, and it was a shoot-off of the Palace Virgin Gold label. And so what their gimmick was going to be uh, was going to be making horror software, right? That was their okay. thing. In fact, they held a press conference uh, at a tourist attraction called the London Dungeon to kick off their company and, they, and to demonstrate the game. And right when they were getting ready to demonstrate the game, the, uh, one of the employees for Palace told Pete that the game, uh, uh, that the uh, uh, the discs had a bug on them and wouldn't work. And so he had to he had to cancel the whole thing. So that didn't start, that was sort of a bad start for the company, and so they wanted to bring out a bunch of of uh, classic horror games. And so they were looking to get into Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre were a couple they'd done, and they were actually had done some work on Halloween before it ended up ultimately getting canceled. So Evil Dead was their this was going to be the their kickoff to a bunch of a bunch of other games. Um, so. What is, oh, I should mention, this guy also got released on the Spectrum and the BBC Micro. Uh, you're in for about seven pounds when this came, when this one came out. Uh, <clears throat> the guy that coded it was named uh, Richard Leenfellner. Uh, he was also involved in Cauldron, and the graphics were done by a fellow named Chris Neary. It's funny, I found some blurbs from Chris Neary, uh, in, in a, ironically, in an old, ch- an old chat uh, uh, menu, uh, or an old chat forum, he had, he had chimed in. Uh, on uh, having worked with these guys, and he was he was uh, he knew that this was not his best effort. Uh, he he, <clears throat> he did the graphics for this game, and he said he was working on Halloween at the time, and it was half finished. He said someone in their group was working on a triple X rated flick that that didn't do too good. So <laughs> he said so this wasn't exactly a time when they were burning on all cylinders. Yeah, I know. I don't know what they were thinking back in those days. So let's talk about this game. The Evil Dead. So, what are you doing in the Evil Dead game? Well, you are Ash, of course, and your goal is to try to keep the dead from basically overtaking you in the cabin. <clears throat> the game actually has an interesting um, vision. It's a top down of the cabin. You actually see the front porch. Uh, you see the porch swing. If you remember in the in the uh, movie, there's this porch swing that is real spooky. That's real creaky. That occasionally will just swing by itself. Uh, you actually see the porch swing, the porch, and it's an overhead view, and you actually see inside of the cabin. You see, uh, at your, it's a top-down view, so basically you're seeing the head and shoulders of all the characters that are featured in the game. Of course, you've got Ash here, and then you've got Ash's friends, Linda, Cheryl, Shelly, and Scotty. <clears throat> now, if you've seen the movie... It doesn't take long for Linda, Shelley, uh, and the rest to get screwed over big time by the by the demons, and so that happens in the game pretty quickly. Uh, one thing you'll notice is that you could go anywhere you want in the cabin. There are doors and windows that you can open and close. Uh, you can even go around the cabin if you want. Uh, inside the cabin, it's pretty sparse. There's a couple beds, you know, and there's a fireplace in the first room, which sort of comes into play later on. So. What do you do? Well, really, the first thing you should do is try to shut all the windows and doors. Ash is, is uh, an icon on the screen that is all white. His friends are kind of gray. Now, what will end up happening is these little clouds <clears throat> try to come into the house, and they'll open the windows and doors and then come in. Uh, you're really, you can close the doors and windows, and that will stop them for a little while, but they're going to get in. And once they get in, a little cloud will form around one of your friends, and they become uh, basically a a demon, a zombie, a dead guy. And so what you've got to do is deal with them. You've got a couple different choices. Ash has 10,000 points of energy that tick down as the game goes on. And whenever you run into one of these uh, demons or zombies, whatever you want to call them, you lose health. Now there are scattered weapons throughout the house and the porch and the out and the exterior that you can get. There's a spade, there's an axe handle, there's a, uh, a sword, uh, several different things, and you can grab one of these things and you can walk up and you can uh, you can hit your hit the button and it'll kill the demon. Okay, so it's, that's not too bad. Uh, and you eventually this thing will run out and you'll have to get a new one and they and they will just sporadically appear. Now 
when you kill a demon <clears throat> in true zombie fashion, Brent, they don't just go away. They, they're, and this is another staple of the Evil Dead show. They ended up becoming they're you were attacked by their the individual body parts of the zombie. So yes. you've got a there's a there's a feet and legs that come after you. Then there's a, a, a two sets of arms, and then lastly it's the tor it's the armless legless torso that's rolling. <laughs> which is, that's what happened in the movie too. They would come after you, and so you have to kill those things as well. Um, you basically go through like stages. Eventually, if you if you stay on long enough, you will. What you will do is end up um, having all your friends basically come back, and they'll re it'll basically reset, and then like the next night will start. Now, allegedly, if you get to ten thousand or a hundred thousand points in this game, because this is a points-based game, uh, the book of the dead will appear, and if you chuck the book into the fire, that you can end the game. All right now, right? I watched someone do that and end the game. And the the outro was really awesome looking, but I'm not sure if this was kind of some kind of jazzed up version of this game. I couldn't. I've got no confirmation on this. Did you yeah, have any it, luck it, seeing the ending of this uh, thing? I know what you're talking about, and yes, there is a remake of the game yeah. that um, goes and puts ending scene, and the ending scene is is very colorful. It, is. it looked and very interesting. I was stunned that the season four could do that. Right. Uh, but that is not in the actual uh, commercial release of the game. Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't know anyone. Everything I read, like getting 100... I mean, I never even came close to 100,000 points in this game. Uh, because let's talk about something... Like, now, so you're probably thinking, this doesn't sound too bad. And the thing is, the premise of this game is pretty... So I think it's a pretty solid premise. It goes along with the film, but the execution of it is not very good. Uh, for starters... The uh, your character is is so wide that you have trouble negotiating doors and hallways. That's a real pain. And yeah. When you get caught, when you get hung on one of these things, you're bone. Something else that can happen is you could get right beside a wall and you want to turn around and you can't. You have there has to be space for you to turn because your of your shoulders, and so you could get pinned up against the wall and just get slammed and you're boned. Uh, so that wasn't very. That wasn't much fun. Really, closing all the doors and windows, it's something. But in all honesty, uh, it the the uh, the dead just kind of pound through and get to you anyway. There's, it's hard to keep your friends alive. It's almost impossible to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, that's impossible. Now yeah. you get three lives, and when your energy gets down to zero, a little a headstone pops up at the bottom of the screen. That that's that means that life is gone. One of the funny things about this game I noticed is that when you get when you get killed, run out of energy, it, the energy doesn't get into zero. It'll, it it goes. It's like someone uh, got a car in reverse. It actually goes back to nine hundred ninety nine thousand some. I was like, man, if there was a way to keep that, we'd be laughing, you know. <laughs> I think the game is rendered pretty well. Like I said, I, I like what they did uh, for the most part. There were things that they didn't that were in the flick that were sort of prominent in the movie that didn't do in the in the game. Uh, which was it's stuff like there is no basement, which that would be the 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 cellar was a huge deal in the movie. Uh, it's not here. There's no there's music in the in the there's a little like uh, I will say the game has this um, sort of animated demo mode where Ash is telling you the story of the cabin. He's telling you what you're supposed to do, and it's and there's a visual representation of it on the screen. That's pretty good, and there's music for that, but there's not any music during the game, which is lame. I mean, why do you not have music in this thing, Brent? You know what I mean? Uh, well, because <sighs> this game's bad. It's it's re it's that's really not bad. Nice. No, it, it's really bad, and I don't think the people who were programming this at the time uh, were skilled enough to pull off what they were trying to accomplish. Um, like you said, maneuvering in this game is stupidly difficult and it shouldn't be yeah there's plenty of other things in the game that make it difficult they didn't need uh to have you so you would just barely fit into the doors um the whole flow of the game is is wonky uh you all the different power-ups are basically do the same thing um which is kind of lame they could have had you know 
certain items work better against certain zombies or something, anything. Uh, there is no variety here. Once you play this for five minutes, you've seen the entire game. And you will have zero desire to try to complete the game. Um, there's nothing to draw you in or keep you from coming back. If this wasn't called uh, The Evil Dead and loosely based on the movie, and I mean loosely based on the movie, no one would have ever thought of this game or remembered it in any way. Well, I think it's more than loosely. I think it's they do it. It's, I think the bones of a good game are here. And honestly, the 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 the, the maneuvering of your character—that's a sin. Because that yeah. I don't know why they made it like that. It's something else when you attack something, you don't. There's no animation for it. Right. So you you wonder often what's going on. You know. You just. I mean. Eventually, you just realize I just need to hit the button. But I mean, that's kind of lame. Uh, and and the fact that your characters, uh, you know, can't get through doors of that. I mean, that right there, that is a real bad point in the game. But what makes me sad is this game could, have, with the bones they've got here, you put in some nice, creepy music that ramps up. You put you change you put in a variety of enemies because it's not like the same guy attacks you over and over in the, in the movie. There was all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, uh, they could have done a little more. I like the idea that you're fighting uh, the the cutoff parts of the other guys. That's kind of funny. <clears throat> also, there there could have been an element. Where you're actually trying to protect your friends. In this, I mean, you're pretty much, you know they're screwed. There's nothing you can do yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, instantly they get, as soon as they uh, are in the room with one of the gas forums, they're instantly screwed. Yeah, yeah. So, it, there, I, I find this game a, a game that uh, had, it was a missed opportunity. I really think they could have done something if they'd had the chance. But they, you're right, it was not universally loved or anything. I looked up some reviews on it, man. So, oh, it was you. Know, it brought everyone together. It brought everyone together to be filled with hate. <laughs> so, uh, the Lemon C64 crew gave this a 3.3. Uh, CVNG gave it a 7 out of 10, Brent. Not bad. Uh, Commodore Horizons give it 8 out of 10. Commodore User, 4 out of 5. Uh, Personal Computer Games gave it a 6 out of 10. And your computer gave it a 3 out of 5. Not too bad. Actually, score-wise, dude, <laughs> which I felt kind of amusing. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad the checks cleared. <laughs> what are you saying? Someone was bought. It was bought off. <laughs> I mean, I, the, there's in no way does this game deserve any score above a four out of ten. I thought. I thought it was a, a pretty decent game. I don't think we got any uh, re, any user reviews. A lot of people flat out refused to play it. I knew right when I picked it when someone was like, oh, God. I was like, oh, that ain't good. Yeah, see, I had actually played this prior to this week. You're kidding uh, me. And, and then I, I went and refreshed myself on it. And two minutes in, I was like, yep, this is exactly how I remember it. Uh, there is no way I'm going to invest any more time into this than I. The absolute minimum is what I'm going to put in. And even that was not enough. Uh, I now I hate Bruce Campbell. What? Uh, I hate it's Sam Raimi. Fault. Yeah, no, all this is their fault. Uh, this is uh, this is certainly not the worst game we've ever reviewed here on this uh, uh, channel, not by a long shot. But I would not, I would not pay money for this game. I would not uh, emulate this game, even if my buddy had the emulator already running. Uh, I wouldn't go and play it. I think we get what you're saying there. I will say I learned a lot of interesting trivia when I was doing research for this. The uh, you know the cabin they shot this in was an old cabin in the deep woods of Tennessee, and it stood forever until people kept going there to check it out, and eventually they burned it to the ground. So, <laughs> when the most interesting thing about your game is the movie it's based on, that's not good for the game. I don't know. I like the idea that in the early '80s, a company started exclusively to make. Uh, horror movie games, and they effectively didn't make... They only made really one. <laughs> so, and well, then, and, and it is a frightening game. There you go. The so, yeah, I think it wasn't what I would for. call a, a winner. We'll call that one the big loser. So, now, Brent, you have uh, excelled yourself, allegedly. You knew a lot more about... You had something in mind immediately last week after, we, after this came up on the wheel. You told me, but that's not what you ended up picking, is it? No, I I was going to pick Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Right, which uh, is a very popular title. 
very classic title, and I started looking into it and ultimately picked a game I'd never heard of that was the sequel to Zombies Ate My Neighbor called Ghoul Patrol. And before we can really look into Ghoul Patrol, we need to take a quick look at Zombies Ate My Neighbor, which is uh, a game for the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive slash Genesis that came out in 1993. Um, across the pond uh, in Europe and also in Australia, the game is just known as Zombies. Uh, this was a LucasArts game, and they really, really uh, poured their heart and soul in this. Uh this is it was a huge game uh many 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 levels each level had its own uh unique name and it all it played off all the tropes of horror movies with zombies and giant babies and it did it in a nice a comical <laughs> uh fun way with a lot of different weapons <clears throat> and it was a very loved game it was a commercial success and a uh, reviewed very well, but it wasn't like a smash hit. And the way Lucas uh, got this game published was through Konami, but Lucas didn't want to pay for anything. They just said, here's our game. You have to pay for everything else. So all the cart costs, all of the... Uh, shippings and all all the processing all that stuff was all up to konami so konami took a huge chunk of the profit and in the end uh lucas arts didn't make enough money to justify a sequel and konami didn't make enough money to want a sequel so it was in this odd gray territory and then along comes ghoul patrol and Ghoul, Ghoul Patrol was used the same engine loosely as Zombies Ate My Neighbors, but it was published uh, by different people, and it was actually written by uh, a group of developers that worked with LucasArts to make a game that wasn't even supposed to be a Zombies Ate My Neighbors sequel. Uh, it was just supposed to be kind of in the same vein. And down the line, they kept tweaking it and tweaking it. And JVC said, you know what? We, we really want to make a uh, sequel for Zombies at My Neighbors. And Lucas was like, well, we've got something that's kind of like it. Maybe you'll like that just as much. Then a few months later, bam, here it comes out that this is a Zombies at My Neighbors sequel. So... In the game, you play as the same main characters as in uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, uh, which is Zeke and Julie. And you can place either one or both together. It is a co-op game. And you run around and you save your neighbors just like you did in the first one. Uh, the What makes this really different is they added in a few different mechanics. Uh, now you can jump. Uh, you can slide dash to kind of get out of uh, enemies' ways a little bit better. Uh, they switched up the fun, quote-unquote, aspects of the game, though. And the instead of having, like, water pistols and water balloons and kind of more kid-oriented weapons, they went with a more, I'm not going to say realistic, because they're, like, laser pistols and, and heat-seeking blob guns. But they weren't the same... Uh, comic-inspired weapons from the first one. And I'll, that turned a lot of people off. Another thing that they really changed about the game that turned people off was, even though they did add jumping, and it did make for a little bit neater way of exploring the levels, they added in jumping puzzles, or pixel-perfect jumping, at later points in the game, which made the game incredibly difficult because anytime you would fall off of a ledge, it was an instant death. Not like take one bubble of your health away and then put you back on the ledge. Which made the game uh, frustrating. Uh, another thing they changed, and not for the better, was the power-ups you would get in the game. 
in the old game, you could uh, drink a potion and you would turn into like a wolfman or like a blob thing and you would do all kinds of different stuff. In Ghoul Patrol, you do turn into the Grim Reaper. That's uh, something that's actually an improvement. Uh, but all the other potions are lame. Like there's two items that heal your health. which, And then there's one item that you drink the potion and it removes half your health. I mean, why? And you can't get rid of it once it's in your inventory. So why have that kind of power up in a game? It just it makes the, the, the player angry either by accidentally selecting it or having to avoid it through the entire game once it's in their inventory. So with that kind of thing in mind, they uh, shortened the game, and I think they shortened it uh, mainly because the team they were working with was in Malaysia, you know, which is on the other side of the globe. Uh, and it made corresponding on the game to try to get the game up and running very, very tedious, very frustrating for everyone that was involved. But they did manage to squirt out uh, five unique worlds, and you have between two and four uh, levels within each world. So you start out uh, in a metropolis, which was supposed to represent the United States, and then you began to go to the uh, Ming Dynasty in China and Japan. Um, you then the third level is the Dominican Republic, and it's sea themed. And like when you're in the the uh, Ming Dynasty, you have your samurais, and when you're in your uh, Dominican Republic, it's pirate themed. Uh, and then the last two are the medieval world where you have uh, knights in armor and then the underworld where you have demons and everything. So it kind of carries a theme with each new locale, but each new locale is really just the same game uh, with different sprites. They didn't really try to push anything special. So is Ghoul Patrol bad? No. Ghoul Patrol isn't bad. But Zombies Ain't My Neighbors... <clears throat> excuse me, was a very classic game that had a lot of heart. It had a lot of soul. It had all these little twists and comic relief gags, and it didn't take itself too seriously. I mean, in the very last level of Zombies Ate My Neighbors, you actually go to Lucas Studios, and you talk to Lucas himself. It's that kind of game. It's very campy. Uh, Ghoul Patrol didn't do anything like that. Um, it was all very... Uh, just by the numbers. They took the formula from Zombies Ate My Neighbors and they said, we can redo this, but they couldn't. They didn't They didn't know what actually made the original game special. So the sequel is just the original game with all of its, all of its love and all of its care pulled out. Aaron, I know you took a look at this at Well Was. What did you think about it? Well... You know, I never played Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I mean, if I did, I don't remember it. I know, I mean, I know it's sort of, I won't say legendary, but it's well known. It uh, is, yes. And I, and so I came into this with no preconceived notions as to what it was. Uh, I will say it was nice to be able to eat, just easily play something on this show for one. That yeah. was great. <laughs> I just loaded it right up and it played. Um, you know, this is one of those. Uh, hunt for it's hope. Uh, hunt around for the key. Go through the maze. Open the door. M go through more of the maze. You know, I'm not the most patient man, as you know, and so I find these games sort of tedious. To be completely honest with you, I mean, uh, it's, sure. I that much said. I mean, the, the and also I will say the two lead characters are abrasive. The opening makes me not want to be them. When it made me pick one of the two, I was appalled because this is in that '90s cool guy style. Yes, radical, all the buzzwords of the day. So you're just like, man, and these two geeks, and you're going to choose one of these dorks. I f sort of feel bad for the chick because the guy is a, it gets her into it, you know. But if yeah. you watch the opening cinematic, they're like, hey, look, it's like a, a something super evil. And it says, like, if you want demons, read this verse. You know, it's a book. And they're like, okay, we'll do it. It's like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Don't read the verse. You know, oh, now you got to go through time and space to stop the demons? Well, you're an idiot. You know, it's what you get. Uh, it's sad that the fate of the world rests in the hands of two idiots. But that much said, 
Now, the first level, I, I ended up getting to, like, the, how far? I got the three or four levels in, you know. I thought I did pretty good. I played it more than once, but that way I played it a dozen times or more. And Did you make it to the first boss? No, I didn't see the first boss. Okay. Uh, uh, something to say about the bosses real quick. Yeah. Is the, the original game really didn't have bosses. It had a few giant babies that would show up from now and again, uh, but they weren't bosses the way most people think of bosses. Um, in this game, they do have bosses, but they are just flat sprites that uh, they're huge. They're huge. They take up, you know, a third of the screen, but they aren't animated. They just stretch and they they move around, but there's no, you know, there's not a lot of moving parts. They don't turn to the side or anything like that. I think they call it sheet spriting. Um, which that was a huge turnoff because that was an opportunity to do something really special because the sprite work in this game is is really well done. Um, and there's tons of it. There's tons of different enemy types, uh, like I said, through all the different zones. So the sprite work on this solid. The music in this is also pretty solid. It's just unfortunate that they didn't have the ability or the know-how to take it that extra step. You know... You were mentioning that the first one you couldn't jump. Yeah. It's funny, as I was playing this one, it almost seemed like jumping, and this was almost not... Net, like, they could have almost made this game not jumping. You're right, eventually you end up having to get some areas where you need to jump. But, like, it's set up like a game where you wouldn't jump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and it, Which is odd. And I have to wonder if maybe they added jumping halfway through. Uh, at some point, they're like, okay, we're going to put jump in this. Because I, I, think that, I think they added jump. Uh, because they, again, they didn't know what made the first one special. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, because, I mean, yeah, like you said, there is jumping. You do need to use it. But, I mean, really, there, with a few minor tweaks, you could take jumping completely out of this that wouldn't affect Absolutely. You, you know, uh, but the whole, this is one of those games, like, you have to try to just explore every nook and cranny to find all the keys, get through all the doorways to save, rescue all the people. There is a, I mean, really, the art in this is real bizarre. I mean, it's, it's wacky. Like a Mad Magazine-type art, almost. Big and round and crazy-looking. So, which, that didn't turn me off. I mean, I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, listen, I think this is a perfectly passable game. It's certainly more playable than Evil Dead. Uh, Absolutely. It's something I'd want to sit down and... Like, if would I want to play this with the kid on a Saturday afternoon? Maybe. For an hour. You know, would I want to sit down and play this and beat it? Probably not. That's what Well, I the game think. is, is uh, very short by comparison to its uh, predecessor. Um, so it, it is a very beatable game. I think it's only got like 17 levels or something. Uh, but it's it's also... I don't want to say it's harder than the other game uh, because the other game had enemies that would spawn forever as well. But this has a lot more of it. Also, your uh, character is a lot more floaty in this game. Uh, you, you don't get to make those hard quick turns like you did in the first one. I thought it was pretty uh, hard. Uh, in terms, I mean, listen, it's sort of like almost like a gauntlet-y type thing. You've got, you know, you've got X amount of health. You're going around, stuff's trying to run into you. But, uh, I mean, there are some enemies that are really annoying. That will, yes. They'll follow you around, and they're real tough to get past. You know, and there are also lots of, occasionally you'll come across a place where there's like a never-ending spawn of like small spinning enemies that you have to get around. You know, yeah. and, that, and that, so uh, you, your health can go away very quickly, you know. So, I mean, it, it it doesn't seem hard because you've got a health bar, you know, or a series of them. But, I mean, it does, you get killed pretty quickly. If you, it, See, I only died in this game from falling. Uh, which does not mean I beat the game. I, I, I made it uh, several levels in, uh, several bosses in, I should say. But I didn't feel compelled to try to go the rest of the way. Um, this does have a password feature, so you can start on some of the later levels. But like I said before, the later levels are just uh, different sprites with the same same uh, theory and the same gameplay. One thing that is neat about this is you save 10 people per level. But if you go to save someone and a zombie or a bad guy gets to them first, 
they'll be dead, and that yeah. you won't have to save them in the next level. That happened to me right away on the first level. Mm -hmm. I got a guy killed, so yeah. So speedrunners will just leave one or two alive, you know, in the in positions they know that are easy to get, uh, so they can run the game faster. So they'll uh, they'll purposely get their neighbors killed so they can get to the game faster. Always, I thought that was pretty it's amusing. Hard to when people I was speed run it. this game. That's a that's astounding. People speed run everything, man. Yeah, I, I mean, literally everything. So, any reviews on this one? Uh, all the reviews on this were kind of meh. Yeah, uh, it was very middle of the road all the way across. Um, I think if Zombies Ate My Neighbors didn't exist and this was reviewed on its own merit, uh, it would have gotten higher scores. But as soon as it said, you know, we're a sequel to Zombies Ate My Neighbors, that put it in a expectation category that it could not fulfill. Uh, the price for this game is off the charts for a Super Nintendo game. Really? Uh, it did not sell well, which means there's not a ton of them out there. A loose game of this will cost you 100 bucks. Uh, a new in-box... Uh, will cost you two twenty nine. Holy and moly! There, and there are um, repos of this all over the place. So you got to be careful what you're getting. Wow, that is big money, man. That's yeah. stunning. Are you going to pay it? No, no. <laughs> but I, I would recommend. You know, this is a game, especially if you've played Zombies Ain't My Neighbors and enjoyed it. This is a game that you need to emulate and play. Um, like I said, until this week, I didn't know this game existed. So obviously it didn't get the same fanfare, but I think this is worth uh, pulling up your Super Nintendo emulator and giving it a shot. Yeah, I mean, if you, I guess if you like the first one, I I, I didn't find this ultra abrasive. So yeah, right. I, I would concur. You know what? Also, I don't find ultra abrasive, Brent. Me? No, I find you very abrasive. Oh, it's the wheel. The wheel. Oh, okay. Here we go. So this week. We've got a few additions here. Allow me to guide you through these things. For our classic Retro Rewind, we've got the TI-994A, brother. The big dog. And then it's our new piece, Final Retail Release. Final... Oh, no, I lied. That was last week. This week, Underground Games. Underground Games. <laughs> I knew I forgot See, something. Man, I gotta get that wheel from you. You, you botch it every week. No, no, shut up. Here we go. I like having control. There we go. And the winner is... Oh, my. ARG oh my. Battle. What does that it's mean, battle Brent? time, Aaron. This has been a long time coming, and I'm glad that it finally hit. All right. Explain ARG Battle, sir. We are going to reach out on Discord uh, to help choose a... Uh, Subject in gaming that we are going to take opposite sides on and finally decide once and for all who's right and who's wrong. Someone's opinion will get obliterated with the facts. So this might be a good week for us not to be in the same room. That's right. So now let me get this straight. We're going to go to the people in our Discord. They are going to pick a John, some kind of gaming argument, and we're going to take opposite sides of the argument. That's right. A few examples would be uh, one that we've discussed sort of on the show before. Is Dragon's Lair a video game, or is it an interactive experience? It's a TV uh, show now. <laughs> something else, yeah. Something else that uh, might kind of fit the genre is... Uh, does video games cause vi uh, people to have violent tendencies? Or uh, which version of this game or that game is closer to the arcade version? So we will reach out to our uh, Patreons and supporters on Discord to kind of get some ideas flowing. But we'll have to do it pretty quick. We'll have to do it quick. Hopefully we'll have a subject no later than Wednesday... And that will give Aaron and I enough time to research and put our facts together and come to the uh, ARG Battle Arena to go to war, debating war, to finally decide which is right and which is wrong. I think we know who's going to win that war, my friend. 
I'm the master debater, as you know. Well, you some of that is definitely true. So even we don't know exactly. We're gonna we'll find out this week, and as soon as we do, we'll let everybody know. Hey, I want a few shout outs this week. Uh, if you'll recall, last week on our Auric episode, we came across two games that were bad, brother. And I mean, bad isn't tough. Uh, we had a couple uh, challenges issued, and the gauntlet was picked up and ran with, uh, if I may say. And we had a couple big winners, big huge winners last week. Our good buddy Paul took Lone Raider to task and got all through every. He got through to it. Let me see every level. He's oh, he a, did the loop. He's a winner. He's a big winner. Then, and it, at least uh, as astonishing, but possibly more astonishing, uh, we we tasked someone for getting past the first level. The first level of your game last week, Brent, damsel which was so mind-numbingly difficult, damsel in distress, and our own Buck Owens, well, Paul's our own too, our good buddy the Buck, who's in chat right now, Buck Owens took this game to school and actually got past the first level and videotaped. In fact, both guys videoed their performances, and they're both available. If you go to last week's video, I have linked them in, this, in the notes at the bottom of the screen. Please go and watch these gentlemen and their incredible prowess at Absolutely. these classic games. Uh, this, it these was are amazing. Games. It was amazing to watch. And so they will both be getting, uh, as soon as I'm legally available to go to the post office, they'll both be getting ARG prize packages. And I've got a, another challenge this week because we're going to do some of these challenges. I want video proof. I want someone to send me video proof that they can burn the book in... Evil Dead. If you could burn that book, I mean, I mean, I want your whole game. Send me the whole game if you burn that book. If you could burn that book and and end Evil Dead, you're a winner, big winner, Brent. So that's gonna yes. we're gonna run these little contests now and again. It's gonna be awesome. So and this is another difficult task. So I'll have to say this is definitely easier than last week's. Well, I don't know. I, I haven't it seen is. anybody do it. So we'll have to see. So if you can if you can actually get to the end of uh, Evil Dead, you're a winner. Um, I'd like to thank our good buddy, The Dunk, who's also in chat, The Dunkster, Duncan Styles, for our awesome Tron-like 3D graphics. I'd like to thank our good buddy, The Bark Bit, for uh, our awesome closing uh, tune. Uh, Brent, now we, you, you want to tell, let's talk about uh, Anchor, and you've got a, we've got a new uh, fellow that's kicked in on Anchor as well. Yeah, it, we did pick up. A, you you told me that we picked up a new uh, uh, subscriber on Anchor. Yeah. If you want to support us directly, this is support ARG directly. The only way we have that because we don't have a Patreon, and um, you know the Twitch money goes to the overall pot of uh, Amigo Retro Gaming. But if you're like you know those uh, those ARG guys, they really get it done every week. You can go to Anchor.fm. Uh, slash ARG Presents and sign up to be a uh, supporter on there. We do get uh, money from that as well as anytime you watch or listen to uh, one of the episodes from anchor.fm slash ARG Presents. If someone is wacky enough to sponsor us, uh, we we do a 30-second ad on there in the middle of the show that we also get uh, a small amount of money for. They have but to be wacky to do. <laughs> they have to is wacky. Uh, also, but don't think you have to do that, and don't think that if you're already supporting uh, Amigo Retro Gaming through Patreon or through Twitch subscriptions or through uh, merchandise, all of that stuff uh, is very appreciated. Speaking of merchandise, Aaron, the ARG presents merchandise got rejected for publication <laughs> and they I, 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 I looked into it and I emailed them and I asked what was going on and after much back and forth they said that they would not print your face on any merchandise well my face too any face really but your face specifically uh, Those idiots. so I'm, they don't know I'm what gonna have to retool is the merchandise and uh take our actual physical images off of it and or find somewhere else to get it done at i'm not sure which i'm going to do yet what an odd thing is that really it true? is they will put faces on there and what sucks is um take off 
I had the design on a lot of different stuff, so now I've got to make some decisions. So uh, I might post the designs of what we had into the Discord um, to see if people want me to try to find a place that will actually print that stuff or if we just want to retool it to get it printed to where we're going through. The Our long merch odyssey continues. It's true. It is true. My God. Hey, I want to mention, by the way, that the uh, the our, the new supporter we picked up on team on Anchor is Anthony Jarvis. Thank you, Anthony. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't mention that, did I? Along with the uh, with the John, so we thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Thank and uh, Paul told me that I'd linked one of his the, one of his other efforts. I need to, so I will change the link. But yes, our good buddy Paul uh, is the man who took Zone Zone Raider to the limit. I like the fact that these people are are, are killing it, are, are good friends that we know. But anyone's eligible. Get you a glorious ARG prize package. So any party thoughts before we take this thing to the house? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, ARG battles next week. I think it'll be a fun new twist. Um, especially having to do these uh, podcasts remotely now uh, due to quarantine and evil evil viruses in the world. Uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun next week, so definitely be here for that. Yes, please. Come back next week. Thanks for joining us. Everybody in the chat, we had a good turnout today. The Dunk, uh, Paul Kitching, Frodo, uh, your wife is here, Brent, in case you're wondering. Geolake is here. Uh, the Buck, the Buck Owens, both our big winners are here. Pixel, Pixels at Dawn is here. We had a good Picard I know was here. Uh, who am I leaving out here? I, you're always all oh, Rushi was here. Hopefully he's still kicking out over there at the house. This is t- late Geo's night. Lake, so Picard, thanks, everybody. Thanks for everybody Every- coming around. Uh, we and be- we had a we had a very generous uh, anonymous gifter that gave out five subs in the channel. Oh today. yes, thank you very much, anonymous friend. Hey, I don't blame him for staying anonymous. If you know what I mean. Amiga Bang. Oh yes, Amiga here. Bang. Gotcha. I, how did I miss? So I will uh, just say, stay safe out there, everybody. Uh, Keep a good positive attitude, and we will be back next week. Nothing can stop the show, uh, even if they wanted to. We won't stop. Until next week. Mm